0: of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. One of my favorite quotes, be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. That's a quote from Warren Buffett. I would say looking back over the last couple of weeks that people are pretty fearful now. If you've been a listener over the last few weeks, I've been saying to stay calm, be patient. And I'm still saying that, but with a twist. If you haven't been able to listen to those past shows, the reason I've been saying to be patient was because I felt that there was a lot of complacency in the market. Well, that changed last week. The VIX, which simply put is what I think of as a a gauge of fear. Well, that gauged soared last week, hitting in the high 70s, and it's since gone up to the mid 80s. Only a few weeks ago, it was sitting below 15. Folks, I know that most of you don't track this, but that's a Big move from 15 to the mid-80s. To put it in perspective, it's where it was during the great financial crisis. Fear is so rampant that trading has been halted three times over the last week. CNN business, they have a fear and greed index, which incorporates things like the VIX, along with other stuff like stock price breadth and demand for bonds and a few other things and it has a range from one to 100 and at the beginning of the year it was darn near a hundred which showed extreme greed and today well we're sitting pretty darn close to one which shows extreme fear. I'll say that to me these mini crashes like on Monday and a couple of times last week, that felt like capitulation folks one out. We're seeing crazy amounts of volume. And listen to this. Last week, more than six out of 10 stocks in the Russell 3000 were down 30% or more from their 52-week highs. And the S&P, the S&P 500, wiped out 13 months of gains in just 13 days. But I'm not here to cause you any more anxiety. No, no, just the opposite. I'm not a market timer. I'm not a macro economist. I'm a fundamental value investor, meaning business fundamentals are mostly going to drive my decisions. Buy good quality businesses at good prices. Pretty simple. If I can find a great business run by really good managers, I'll buy it when it goes on sale. If I can buy it for, say, 70 cents on the dollar, I think you'd agree with me. That's a pretty good, pretty good deal. But the day after I buy it, if that goes down to sixty cents on the dollar, am I going to be mad because it's cheaper? No. Well, okay, maybe a little bit. But I know I got a great deal. I bought a dollar for seventy cents. How would I know that it would be selling for sixty cents on the dollar the day after? That's the difference between fundamental investing. And market timing. I'm more interested in getting great deals on good businesses as opposed to guessing what the market is going to do tomorrow. I think there are some pretty darn good deals now. I'm going to say what I've been saying be patient, but now with a little bit of a twist. If you can stomach the risk, the volatility, if you're not trying to pick an absolute bottom, which I don't think anyone can. I think you can start doing some buying now. I don't think there's any rush, but you can start. I suspect that when we look back in a, a year or two, this is probably going to look like the kind of, kind of buying opportunity that comes along once every 10 years or so. Now, the reason I'm saying that you don't have to rush and get it done now is because I don't think we're going to get a quick snapback like we did after Christmas in 2018. I could certainly be wrong, but I think this is going to be a more longer, drawn-out affair where we bounce along the bottom and retest the lows. According to BCA research, the median time it takes for the stock market to make fresh all-time highs after a 20% or more correction is two years, two years to get back to all-time highs. I got a few questions last week. We have questions you can email me. Email me at podcast, which is plural, podcast at xmlfg.com. One was asking me if we're going to have a recession. My answer is yes, you're in one. Just my opinion. The folks at the National Bureau of Economic Research, well, those are the folks that are responsible for letting us know when a recession starts and when it when it ends. But if you think about it, they can really only tell us after the fact. According to them, we may end up not being in a recession. But when I look at it, I see businesses are shut down. Schools are shop, shut, shut down. Restaurants market is dropping, interest rates have gone to zero. So I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say we're in one now. But let me also say, this recession isn't as scary to me as others because this one was caused by a pandemic, not the Fed raising interest rates to slow down the economy. Scary, yes, but not as scary. Okay. If you do fit into this category of being able to handle some risk, let me give you a Couple of places I'd look. You always have to, of course, you always have to do your own research and make sure whatever you're buying is right for you. But let me give you a few ideas. The first place I'd look would be in the healthcare arena. And here's why healthcare is usually thought of as a safe haven because of the relatively stable cash flows. And when growth is scarce, investors usually flock to any source of growth they can find. And I think healthcare definitely fits that bill. I would suspect that the demand for healthcare goods and services is going to be on the rise in the coming weeks. And that'll keep prices firm and demand high. Not to mention these stocks have already been beaten down to some degree before this pandemic. And that was because of the political situation, you know, Medicare for all. On a PE basis, they trade at about a 15% discount to the broad market. So I think there's some deals there, and I've talked about these before more in depth. So I won't spend a whole lot of time on them today. But one of them I like is United Healthcare, symbol UNH. That would be one that's on my list. I'd also be looking at adding to one of my core holdings, Johnson and Johnson. Symbol J and J, along with another one, Merck. Symbol MRK. Now, I've been lukewarm on the big pharma's lately because I was worried about pricing. Pricing has been falling, and both sides of the political aisle are are out to get them. This hasn't changed, but I don't think you want to get too negative on the drug makers during a worldwide health crisis. Another area would be the banks. In my opinion. They're being priced for a full blown prolonged recession, which is a possibility, but not my base case. No doubt the big picture and the coronavirus, all that data gets worse before it gets better. But as a group, the banks are trading at about 90% of their tangible book value. That's a nice discount that you haven't seen in a very long time. And my favorite here would be USB. Which is US Bank Corps, because I think that they have a better expense and risk management profile, and they have higher recurring revenue than most of the other banks that are out there. And if you don't own Berkshire, well, that's another one. It's not a bank, of course, but it does look really cheap, and they have a ton of cash on hand, which they can put to work. Again, to quote Warren Buffett, be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. I hope that he's being greedy and putting that $100 billion of cash to work. Okay. That's all we have time for today. We'll be back next week. And until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow. This is Eric Whiteman for Common Sense Investing. Okay. You've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show. Well, They're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification,